0: Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is the big show on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you to listen this Wednesday, which is today. Should we just give away the tickets? Austin, I am tired, all right? I'll read whatever you put in front of me. Just In fact, we'll uh, we'll skip the sounder. 12th caller okay. right now, 855-340-ZONE, win ticket Wednesday. You'll go see the Jazz and the Kings, uh, all brought to you by the Ford Fan Zone. Uh, get a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game. Receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 for free Ford swag, Jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. Again, the 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE, because today is, after all, Austin, it's Wednesday. And make sure you listen. It's, it's Wednesday. So you can win. Uh, Gordon joining us now in studio. He's been uh, co-host mine all year long on the Jazz pre-half and post-game coverage. Of course, uh, former BYU coach Tim Lacombe with us on The Big Show. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. Good to see you, buddy. Awesome to be seen, first of all,
2: and then also to be with you guys today.
1: So, Gordon, what uh, what you don't understand is this uh, red-hot play uh, from the Jazz as of late and mm-hmm. this you know recent winning streak and all that, it's, it's really... Due to Tim, who's been on a, on a heater lately. Tim, I'm on are, a heater. What are you up to now? Uh, uh, c- consecutive wins when you're hosting the pre post-game show. See? It's so all responding to t- Tim LaCombe, Gordon. Just so letting, it's you know. all connected to the vibes in the universe?
2: Because it started out rough. It did. I was 0 for – I started out 0 for now I haven't lost. So, yeah, I'm like 6 and 4. I was 0 and 4 to start. And I started to wonder if I'd picked the wrong, you know, again <laughs> – did he take the wrong path?
3: But well, does it help that you're showing up to do the
2: shows for the teams like the Knicks? It might. <laughs> hey, I have a question on that uh, on that Win Ticket Wednesday. We uh-huh. said they're going to play the Kings. That's that's the Sacramento Kings, right? That, correct. That's not the royal family.
1: No, no. no let's not bring
2: that. Let's not bring. No, that I know. Again. No, I just thought I'd that. stir the pot. <laughs> no, don't.
1: we we saw what aggravated you, Austin in the last. What did you think summer? of Austin's outburst?
2: I loved it. Austin's the best.
1: Austin's got passion. He I, had, yeah, he I mean,
2: you he either got passion or you don't. He's got passion. He had that e-all moment, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. They look. The eyes look the same.
1: All right.
3: Okay. So, since part of the reason the Jazz are winning is because you're now it has doing nothing the to pre-game. do with me, Gordon. Come However, on. what's the number one thing when you watch this team now, Tim? What's going on with it? I know there are numerous things, but what's number one for you?
2: I think the it's a direct correlation to them kind of addressing the bench. You know, and uh, I, I think, you know, in hindsight, and hindsight's always 2020. 20 but uh, you feel like when they made that move and there was a whole bunch of people that just, you know, on the team that almost breathed deep. Um, it, it allowed Clarkson to come in and do his thing, but, like, what George Yang is doing, uh, I, I pulled up some video one night when Georgie was going off uh, he, uh, the night he had against us down in Provo when he was the Iowa State. Mm. The guy can, can really score... And the thing I learned from, you know, doing it for a long time is if you can get everybody on your team pulling in the same direction, it's amazing how much further you can go. And I feel that's kind of what they've done.
3: So, so what you're saying then essentially is that Jordan Clarkson comes in, and that sort of instills confidence in the other guys coming off the bench. Yeah, because nobody and was maybe a it willingness, done. Yeah. a willingness to do to do it the right way.
2: Right. No, I think so. And um, you know, it's interesting because Conley comes in, and they they move Joe to the bench. And instantly we saw that that was not the best thing for the Jazz or Joe. So they kind of make that. And then Conley gets hurt again. Um, and I think it's been interesting because now they've added Jordan Clarkson. In, in a sense, when they get Conley healthy, they're going to add another really good veteran player. Um, and, again, there's going to be some uh, matriculation in the lineup. But I, I just like the fact that they saw it. They responded to it. And they. they so I think that, why are the Jazz playing better? Because they don't have those lulls in games when the starters are sitting.
1: What, let's talk about giving, you mentioned George, but let's talk about Tony, Tony Bradley as well. These guys who've gotten a bigger opportunity because of a roster shakeup where, you, you know, Jeff Green was waived uh, and Ed Davis has, has been benched. Talk about how delicate those situations can be and how impactful, you know, changing those roles has been for that bench.
2: Well, it's really delicate because chemistry is everything. And I, I think you guys, whether it be basketball, whether it be work, um, if you've got a good relationship and you function well, you're going to get more done. So, Making moves and moving guys around and cutting guys—I mean, it has an impact. So you just brace for that first and say, "Hey, is this going to be something that destroys us?" Um, they felt like that this was a move, and so you know they did that. And then I just think that, yeah, I mean, Gordon, you touched on it, but Clarkson comes in. They see a guy who's made a career of coming off the bench and you know and impacting teams. So they bring this guy in. He's willing. Um, and then the opportunities open. We are, you know, I, I'm. Everybody says, "Oh, you coach Jim or whatever." We're also the staff that didn't start Jimmer an entire a game his entire freshman year. You know, it would probably have been nice to get him a little more time, but you don't really know till you get him out there and you know. And I think that's what the Jazz are starting to see with you know George particularly, but even Tony Bradley's kind of raised some. I mean, he's he's really kind of come around a lot in the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, with change comes new uh, opportunity, but it's only you know an opportunity if you grab it.
3: Tim, you said you used the word matriculation as it pertains to the bench. I have no idea what that so. means. <laughs> I just heard somebody use it. It sounded <laughs> good. Thank you. So what? Uh, how when? Okay, so when Mike Conley comes back, how will he be utilized, and what effect does that have on the bench? And does it imply that he will see some time? on the floor with some of those bench players.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's all up to the staff. My, my assumption is that he'll start again when he's healthy because I think that's what they brought him in to do. That's where his, you know, that's the, the salary slot he's got. Um, but what's beautiful about it now is you're not taking a guy like Joe. Uh, you're taking a guy like Royce who is the ultimate. Like Royce has turned into such a great 3 and D guy. Um, so it will change things a little bit. And how that will go? I guess we'll wait and see. But the way I view it is, this is all so positive because if anything, maybe Mike felt like he had to score a ton. That's the only thing I can think. Like his 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 percentages were down. I almost wonder if do, he felt more pressure to score, and now he's seeing, hey man, I, I can just play my game. I. I'll score when the opportunity's there, but, man, these guys are all capable. So I think there's some, almost a blessing, too, in the fact that he's been able to watch the Jazz have all the success. And
3: by his presence, uh, he extends the, beat, the, the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he is going well, yeah. to be a part of what you just talked yeah,
2: about. Yeah, you just you add him in, and then now Royce becomes another guy that you have t- a ton of versatility with. Um, I like when they play him, you know, at times at four because he's tough and he can guard, and that's that's – you know, if a guy's going to be a stretch guy, he's got to be able to guard. Let's talk a little bit about confidence, Tim. And Tim Lacoma is
1: in here with us on, on the big show. Because people who say, okay, the Jazz uh, schedule has been softer. They haven't really played anybody outside of the Clippers. You know, it's a fairly legit criticism. I mean, the schedule has not been has not been difficult. But this team feels like a different team, and it seems like they're playing with an uber amount of confidence. And when February gets here, the schedule gets serious, you know, as, as you would anticipate. You know, how— how much difference can confidence make, and how hard is it to carry confidence through tough stretches?
2: Confidence is everything, and this game is that the little space between those years, man. That's where games are really won and lost, and championships are won and lost. And you have to have that belief. Um, I feel like the uh, you know the that's one thing there there is a little more swagger. Um, Joe now in his element, being a starter, being out there with those guys, he can kind of be the you know the the metal arc lemon at times but mm-hmm. man is he being he is he just amazingly effective whether they ask you know they ask him to guard somebody or you know be a dominant ball handler play and pick and roll he's just so i think they do i think they've benefited from uh, some of these moves and the and the swagger it's brought um, you know i think they've found an identity here uh, how they're going to stay in games you know and and then how they're going to win games down the stretch? Um, one of my big pet peeves is this whole idea because you can't if you if you dissect the argument. Okay, the Jazz early in the season lost a couple games, like for the instance of Thunder, and everybody started to freak out, like, "Oh my gosh, we lost to the Thunder!" Well, now we've ripped off all these games, and now the people people are saying, "Well, they're just playing easy teams." Well, no, everybody's plays. You know, you play everybody and. It just happens to be where it falls, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say the Jazz are just beating bad teams, or you can't bemoan the fact that every now and again they're going to lose a game. So um, I think that yeah, the schedule has been easier, and they really benefited too from rest. They haven't had a back-to-back, so it is. uh, That's but but everybody's schedule has those, and you just have to make it pay. I think Jazz are doing a great job of making pay. See, Tom, I think it's it's
3: less about who they're playing and the way they're playing. Agreed. Because, and we talked about this yesterday and I wrote a column about it, that the Jazz, you know, they go into the blender and they can share the ball and move the ball and do all those things. But they can also give the ball to guys like uh, Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich in the last five minutes of games and let them sort of play that role, a little iso ball here, and and, and take the game over, And it, but not necessarily force the shot. So we've seen Donovan do this on numerous occasions where he gets hot, and then he maneuvers for a shot, and uh, he's got a guy in front of him, so he drops the ball off to an open Royce O'Neal in the corner. I mean, they seem to... They haven't forgot, even when they're playing sort of iso ball, they haven't forgot the concept of, uh, of including their teammates. Is that,
2: Am I making sense here? Oh, for sure. I, I think there's a great level of buy-in for, for the way that the staff wants this team to play. I sense that anyway. Uh, I feel like there's um, a, a great camaraderie and chemistry, and I don't think it's – I think sometimes you can watch that and think it's phony. But, you know, I love, Jake, when you're talking to David today. And you talked about Donovan's just – his affable personality and how he he really is one of those guys in this day and age it's so rare because he don't want any attention you know he's like man Rudy was awesome and bogey closed the game down and he's always so quick to talk and I think that's contagious on a team um, I think if you've got a selfish guy you got guys all about me, I think that gets contagious but yeah i i I get what you're saying there, and I think that that's I think that that's a great observation I think that As the Jazz continue to get a level of buy-in, they're going to, you know, and add pieces to it. I think they can be everything we hoped they'd be.
1: I want to switch gears here for a second, Tim, and of course we'll we'll talk a ton of jazz throughout the night as Tim's going to be on the pre half and post starting at uh, six o'clock. getting you ready for the jazz and the Knicks? But let's talk a little college hoop for a second. And it's been fun hanging out with you because you're still all sorts of dialed into the college game as as well, watching like three games as once as we're watching these jazz games, which is great. But Utah State had a tough loss last night to to Air Force. Uh, BYU's got a big one with uh, with St. Mary's. Utah has a top twenty five opponent uh, this week, so let's talk a little college basketball. I guess start here. How many? If you had to say today, how many turn, tournament teams do you think we have in state?
2: I would probably hedge right now and say, if you know, if this was really um, my my reputation on the line, I'd probably say one. It's
1: kind of the way I've been leaning and today I think, as well.
2: But ten days ago, I was said three. But th- but that's also another maddening part of this world we live in. Is you can't you used to just be able to play a season, and then at the end of the year step back and say, "Let's check out the body of work." But now we got numbers telling us, you know, at, on every possession, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I and I think data's great and analytics great, but I think too there's just part of this you got to go through it. Um, so yeah, ten days ago I said three, I think one right now. And who is the one? I think. Uh, it's BYU. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they – so, so you, here, here's where I think it, it gets tricky. Uh, and I think this the team that has the second best chance of getting in right now is Utah. Hmm. Because I think Utah State – I've lived being around 80, 100, 90, having some tough losses that people don't give you any credit for going out on the road and playing. It's hard to win, guys. It's hard to win games. Um, you go to – I've been to Kloon before. I've been buried at Kloon before, but you know, with, with really good teams. But anyway, um, so I think Utah's got the best chance. But BYU's got those wins now that they've already stocked away. Um, they've got enough high-level opponents in league. Um, but for BYU to get into the tournament, it's all about their preseason. You can't just – you can't lose games you're not supposed to lose in league. But you you get yourself to the table – in the preseason at BYU Utah. On the other hand, they have a good win against BYU. They're a great win against Kentucky. Um, they have some tough losses, but what they also now have is the benefit of, you know, uh, the PAC 12 and a power five school and being able to play Arizona and, and Oregon and kind of get their number up. And if they can win a few, you know, games, they're not quote unquote supposed to win. Uh, you know, they beat Colorado in Boulder this weekend. Um, you know, I, I think they can be the next team that kind of steps there. And a lot of things have to happen, obviously. But I think BYU's in the bird seat in and, Utah's second.
3: And Utah State's speed up a little bit.
2: Yeah, I don't think Cade is anywhere near himself. Um, and just knowing Sam Merrill, like Sam, he's the toughest guy. And you know, I compare him to a Tyler Hawes. That's the closest thing I could see. A guy you just, it's hard, to, you write a 20 by his name every night, basically, is what the guy gets you. But he even looks a little beat up to me and tired, and you know he's carried the weight of this thing while kata has been out. So, there, yeah, there. This is an interesting time for them because losing three straight is is not fun right now.
1: It's one thing to to shock the world like Utah State did last year, where they kind of came out of nowhere. It's another thing to keep that rolling.
2: It's hard, man. It's a uh, Coach Majerus used to say, "Heavy as the head." Well, he said it like this. You know, you know, until Munson over there, you know, he's got all the answers, you know. Uh, now he says, he- he- Heavy's ahead, of the wears the crown. He said that all the time. And it, it's true. And when you win something and you've got a target on your back and the expectation is there, man, you better ratchet it up because everybody's coming after you. And I think that's what Utah State's finding out, I'm sure. Did you like that? Did that give you flashbacks?
3: It did. It, it brought back uh, some real memories. You love well, can it. Can have a little more of that? I, I so, more. so
2: I've told Gordon this story. Can I tell a quick story about Let's hear it. the past? We're. <laughs> Only
3: we'll, if you do it in
2: Yeah, I will. I will. Okay. We're in Minneapolis playing in the Sweet 16. We happen to be playing Kentucky again. What do you know? What do you know? Um, and it's a really good Kentucky team. Pope's on the team. Uh, they end up winning the national championship. And I'm telling you guys, it was like, that game, it was like there were ten guys out on the court all the time. The pressure pressure was amazing. So anyway, we're practicing the day before the game in a in an auxiliary gym, and we get done practice, and Majerus calls everybody in, and he says, "I I just heard the newspaper came out today back in Salt Lake, you know. you know, blankety blank Munson." <laughs> he says the headline says, "You know Utah's going to be Kentucky Fried Chicken," <laughs> and he said, "We're going to go be these guys." And then Munson can go cook his own effing chicken. How'd that game go? I think you were right. We were Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. You just called it like it was. Oh, Rick.
1: I think it's funny he called him
2: Munson. I oh, always called him Munson. But he called Thomas Munson Munson, too. <laughs> I was talking to Tommy Munson the other day. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, man. I, I'm sure, Tim, you could tell a thousand major stories.
2: Way too many. Well, actually, I couldn't on the air. <laughs> my,
1: my favorite one is, is the one where he yelled at you for doing his voice on the radio.
2: Oh, that was awesome, too. You want me to tell it? Yeah, why not? We got okay. time. Let's do it. All right. So I worked for him for two years, and then I went to Austin, Texas, and I started a business in Austin. And it just so happened that Utes came to Austin that year. And I'm kind of, I, I guess I'll, like, I'm a people guy. And I get to know people. And then when I get to know them, like, I'm one of those guys, like, the the relationship's meaningful. Like, you know, like with Jake, the way we're, yeah. you know, 20 years from now, I'll be checking on, <laughs> you know, how your daughter's doing in college, right? So, anyway, um, I make a connection because I'm a people guy and I own a store with the general manager of the Marriott Hotel. So I get Majerus, the presidential suite at the Marriott. I know what his favorite snacks are. I go get them. I fill the entire cupboards with his snacks. Caffeine-free Diet Coke in the room. So he goes up to the room, sees it. He calls me. And he's this is so beautiful, so nice. Thank you. Do you want to go to dinner? So I go pick him up, and, and I'm that guy. Because I had worked for him for two years, and there was always these weird dudes that he hung out with. And you didn't ever know what they did. Like, there would be tall guys and fat guys and, you know, uh, guys who you want, you'd probably, uh, seriously, it was everybody and everyone. So, I, all of a sudden, I became one of those guys. So, he and I are driving in the Cadillac. You know, he always got a caddy. We go eat. We have a great evening. We're sitting, talking, laughing. Well, all this time, like, from the time I worked for him through now, I am Big Rick. And I don't think he knows that I'm Big Rick. So the whole night we're talking it's great. We get back to the hotel and walk into the, the lobby, and I say, all right, Coach, man, I'll see you tomorrow. It was the night before the game. He says, all right. And he gets on the elevator. He says, the door's open, and he gets on the elevator. The doors start to shut, and he puts his hand out, and he says, hey, hey one more thing. Let's get this straight. <laughs> if you ever do my voice again on Salt Lake Radio... I'll break your neck. <laughs> and the door shut of the elevator, and he went up. That and that was, was it. it. Yeah, but he, we were together all night long. He could have said something at the beginning, but he didn't. He waited till the very end, and he veiled threat. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a week later, I was doing the voice again, and it was all, you know, he never broke my neck. I'm still here.
1: <laughs> Big Rick. <laughs> I'll tell you this. See that that uh, that takes me back to my uh, my early days in the business because cause Tim would would call into the show with Hatch at the time and, and did the voice. and, Big Rick's here. Oh, yeah, that was Hatch. my favorite part. Yeah. I think
2: I pulled up once to a Wendy's, and I literally was getting food, and, but I was on the radio, and so like welcome to Wendy's, and I said, <laughs> I I just yeah, could I get uh, five number ones. <laughs> I was on the air while I was doing it, and I ordered all this food, <laughs> and I, don't, I didn't need it. I took it back and gave it around, but uh, it was one of the better ones. Yeah, I got like five things. Oh, that's hilarious. So he didn't like the impersonation, huh? Everybody else loved it. Loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just didn't like, you know, I, I think he just didn't like being teased. He made or, fun of. Yeah. Which it's wasn't not, that at all, right? made fun of him. It's, uh, it's, it's flattering. It's endearing, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I would say so. I would agree, but you could see why he didn't uh, there, there it were, that way. Uh, I'm going to
2: work on a Monson just for uh, for, for your retirement. When okay. are you going to retire anyway? Wait, wait well, that's personal. Yeah, I don't know. That was the earlier segment. I'm just bringing it back. <laughs> uh, Austin, but, but there,
3: there were t- there were times when I would listen, and I would think that Big Rick was Rick. I mean, it was you had that down perfect.
2: It was well. The, the guys, be- like I was with Britton today. Um, we had lunch together, Britton Johnson, and. I'll start talking and he starts to get like almost hives, you know. He, the fear. It, oh yeah.
1: The fear is still real.
2: <laughs> Austin uh, has been working on a Gordon. You wanna
0: you wanna
1: Please. hear this, Please. All right. That's Austin?
0: Oh, I don't I don't know what you want me to do, Jay. When they when they do this to me, I, I don't do this. Le, Lisa Lisa <laughs> That is
2: so good. It's
0: so good. Uh, Kurt Crackthorpe just up and quits, and I gotta write a column every freaking day. I, I don't wanna do this. PK wants to go to another concert (laughs) and (laughs) Chester.
1: Yes, it makes me laugh every time. All right, we
2: got to come up with a Gordon interview of Rick Majerus someday. (laughs) (laughs) You and
1: I can do that. It'd be pretty good. It'd be pretty good.
2: Uh, And I know, I mean, I shouldn't come around here every. You know, a couple of years and make <laughs> suggestions about the show. but don't oh, show,
0: some glass. show some class. Show uh, some class. Tim, I can I w- ask the questions.
1: We'll talk to you in a, a little over half an hour on the pregame. You're the man. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show straight ahead. Stay tuned. <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> 975 and 1280 the zone Gordon Monson Jake Scott thank you very much for making us a part of your day real quick Gordon and then we'll get back to uh, talking about the jazz and some other things but if you uh, have, you're not in a fantasy football league obviously. I'm not. but, but I
3: was for uh, back back in the 80s I was uh, every year.
1: Have you heard of this uh, phenomenon of punishments for coming in last? No. What they're doing with, with fantasy football leagues where what they have to, to do you know stupid stuff for the person who comes in, in last? Well, like what? Uh, well, there's this one, this person, Cyrus, uh, his fantasy football punishment, he had to stay in a waffle house for 24 hours, but for every waffle he ate, an hour was subtracted from the sentence.
3: Oh, jeez.
1: How many so I guess my question if this were you how many hours do you think you would you would actually have to spend in this waffle house Cause this guy goes on a, a just a Twitter updating like just how painful and horrible this whole thing was, and he he thought like he'd be out. He puts in here he thought he'd be out in time for the Eagles game, and he'd only gone through like five waffles at that point. Waffles are filling, way filling. They're,
0: they're very, very filling. Like
1: there's this one he says took me an hour and forty five minutes to eat six waffles. It's taken me two hours to eat one more.
0: <laughs> really, I've never uh,
3: I've never just gone after waffles like that. I don't know <laughs> but- what that's all about.
1: He goes but, through it. It's it's really funny. He's like they have become begun a shift change at the Waffle House. The new staff has been informed <laughs> of the challenge. We are all in this together.
3: Oh uh, man, I've never even been in a Waffle House, so I I don't you know.
1: Uh, let's see. He says here it is four p.m. I arrived at the Waffle House at nine a.m. My whole body hurts. My efforts are futile.
0: Hmm. This but this wouldn't be that bad, guys. 24 hours away from work and family you've got your personal device with you you could just run up disney plus or netflix and enjoy your time
3: i don't know i think you're selling it a little short i think it would be agonizing
1: you got unlimited food access to a bathroom (laughs) yeah but you're in a waffle house Hmm. so so how many hours do you think you'd spend how many how many full waffles do you think you can eat in a 24-hour period
3: I have no idea. I, I'm not a. I, I, I'm not. Well, I can't eat fast, uh, but uh, over 24 hour period, maybe I could pace myself. Okay,
1: I think, I, I'm. I'm thinking at least double figures. See, that's what I was saying. I think I can get it down to 14 hours. I, I, like I'm not. I'm not a big eater, but so I ten think, waffles. I think I can get 10 waffles in 14 yeah.
0: hours. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah Is so. it crazy to say if you're pacing yourself one an hour? Oh but then you're there for 24 hours so that that would be a bad plan. Well it would slowly come off you would yeah never mind my plans that's
1: terrible. Hmm. All right. <laughs> well, Anyway, I I saw it it's a hilarious tweet chain of this guy going through this process no, of, of eating these waffles at uh, at the waffle house.
3: Have I ever forgiven you for uh for being the commissioner of that uh, uh attorney bracket uh when I won it and uh your friend
1: came in second. And I got, like, $1 more than the other guy Okay, that is not the case. You are not remembering that correctly. And you were mad that second place got any money. And that was the deal going in. We had laid out the rules before it even started. Are you and sure? You, and you've been complaining about that now for, what, 15 years, 14 years? However long it's been. And you guys basically tied, except for you picked a closer score. <laughs> Yeah, but I won, and you had a conflict
3: of interest with your good buddy who finished second. I, I, I think I got if I got 250 Snickers, he got
1: like 175. That's not how it worked. It was something like that. And I can't believe you've held on to this for all these years. And by the way, nice of you to go through the effort to put it together. <laughs>
3: Remember that one year when i i paid in my my snickers like 5 minutes late and so i got thrown out of the entire endeavor it was like a day late but yeah that doesn't sound like you i mean like as i mean i i did not like uh said commissioner
1: uh, impugning my integrity that way. Pretty sure she said, you pay me by this date or you're out. <laughs> and you didn't You didn't pay by that date.
2: I ended up and really liking out.
1: her, too. She was a nice person. She was a nice person. But she was she was a hardliner on that one. She was. I don't blame her. Okay. Guys like you who wait until the tournament is a couple of weeks in to see how you're doing and then be like, oh, I— uh, here's my twenty dollars, and by the way, I'm in first right now.
0: <laughs> Nine forty five a. m. on the play-in day of the right. March Madness.
1: I, I
3: mean, I used to really like fantasy football. I mean, I did it from about nineteen eighty mid eighties to about ninety or so, and after, but I got my fill, so I didn't. I didn't really need to keep doing it. Were they
1: doing fantasy football in the mid eighties? Yeah.
3: Yep. How did they How did they tabulate uh,
1: points exactly?
3: Uh, It was a little more, I'm not sure it was quite as sophisticated. It was, you know, a certain amount of points for a touchdown uh, via whichever medium or whichever player or player group. Uh, If it was zero to nine yards, then it was worth, you know, a certain amount of points. If it was uh, between nine, uh, nine and 20 yards, then it was worth double that. And
1: you, Gordon Monson, tallied all this up? Uh, no, I didn't. Because that I doesn't did. sound like no, you. No, I
3: didn't tally it up, but I won the league a few
1: times. Did you? Uh, a couple times. No, I don't believe that. It's true. Oh, sure it is. Oh, yeah, I made uh, Real uh, easy or
3: 500 Snickers in that.
1: Real easy for you to say that now, isn't it?
3: Why would I lie? I Why do you call everything I say into question?
1: How would we verify? Why would you need to verify? Because <laughs> we, well, one, I don't believe that you played. And two, if you didn't play, I don't believe that you won.
3: I did. I did. Yeah. Dan Fouts was very good to me back then. And the hottest hottest player during that period of time was Dan Marino. Everybody wanted Dan
1: Marino. You know, just because you know of a player who played during that period of time does not necessarily make your story more believable. I'm
3: not trying to convince you. I'm just telling you what happened.
1: You know, Don Magikowski really (laughs) tore it up for me that year. (laughs) No, Thank just... goodness I had Ken O'Brien on my roster.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's change the subject before mm. I get angry.
1: Why would you get angry? You wouldn't like me angry. Quick uh, Pac-12 uh, news or, or um, coaching news. Sources out there reporting uh, Yahoo Sports was the first one I saw this from, but Mike Leach interviewing for the Mississippi State job.
3: Wow. All right.
1: I think that'd actually be some a... some
3: dogs up in there, Starkville.
1: I think uh, that'd actually be a really good job for him. I think it'd be a really good fit for him.
3: Has yeah, Has he I had, know. His, uh, had his fill of Washington
1: State? Well, who wouldn't have their fill of, of <laughs> Washington State? Yeah, but
3: you really want to go to Mississippi State?
1: Probably going to be making more money. Uh, yeah. And you're coaching, coaching in the SEC. And uh, you and I disagree on this, but I, I don't think Mike Leach would be a good fit for a big blue blood program. I think he's better you know putting his system into kind of an underdog type program and and making overachievers out of the likes of Texas Tech and Washington State and I think Mississippi State actually would be a good candidate for that. It it would be a blow to the league though cuz yeah. Washington State would likely go right back to the bottom till they figured, you know, till they found another great coach. Yeah.
3: Uh, I probably agree with you on that.
1: By the way, speaking of
3: coaches, did you see Rocky Long news?
1: Yeah, Rocky's retiring. Brady Hoke getting the San Diego now,
3: State job back. Do you believe that uh, what, what is sort of being put out there, that uh, he, he had uh, run into difficult territory because he didn't want to offload his staff? I have to give him a lot of credit if that's really the truth. He stepped down so they could keep their gig? Well, he, he didn't want to fire guys. And they wanted him to fire guys. Hmm. And so I find that honorable on his part. Noble. I don't know how often that kind of thing would happen anymore. If that is, in fact, the case. That's what I've seen reports about that. But how about Brady Hoke?
1: Back in charge again. He was a good coach for them. And, in fact, that's how Rocky obviously ended up there because he hired Rocky as his defensive coordinator. And then when he left for the Michigan job, Rocky Long took over. So he he knows I mean I, I think there's something to knowing the recipe for success at a particular university.
3: But Rocky Long, he saw all kinds of success at Don Coriel's place and yet he didn't do it the way Don did. It wasn't air Coriel at all. The offense lagged way back behind, him, and that was part of the problem. They wanted more explosive offense. But Rocky Long, he compiled how many double figure win seasons did he have there? A number of them.
1: He did great. And he was good in New Mexico before that. Yeah, he well, was. And New Mexico has not been even close to the same since he left. All true. Anyway, I thought that was kind of
3: cool. If that is the the, the case, if it is factual, for him to stand up to uh, the powers that be and uh, stick up for his assistance like that that he didn't want to can because somebody was putting pressure on him, if that was a factor in this, and good on him.
1: Let's see our friend True Aggie tweets in and says, Washington State and Mississippi State budgets are comparable. That's probably true. Maybe he needs to change of scenery. Maybe he wants to compete in the best league in the land.
3: Are the budgets com- com- comparable? I'd have to go I'm back gonna, and I'm look. Surely, well, Mississippi State's getting a whole lot more money every year.
1: Uh, are they? Well, more, SEC yes.
3: money?
2: Hold
1: on. Yeah, let me see if I can find the list. I mean, USA Washington State's
3: stuck with the Pac-12 money coming out of that network.
1: Okay, let's see.
3: Wasn't it? I think it was like ten or twenty million dollars less per school.
1: So Mississippi State's athletic budget is a hundred and three point eight million dollars, thirty fifth in uh, in college football. Let's see where Washington State uh, is. Hang on. Whatever, whatever the
3: individual budgets are. Obviously. Washington
1: State's down at fifty three, and their budget is at sixty five million. So that's actually significantly less.
3: And Mississippi State, like I said, is getting more every year out of their conference deal.
1: So he'd probably be looking at a pay raise, I'm guessing.
3: Have you been to Starkville?
1: I have not. Have you been to Starkville? Tim's been
3: there. Tim, what's what's Starkville like?
2: Ogden. Okay. Size-wise or what? No, just feel feel okay i I got rang up i got a technical foul my first technical foul ever in division one in this jacket right here
1: that he's holding it right there in
2: starkville how about that
1: all right so we were told
3: once many years ago i don't remember if you remember this jake but remember that guy we talked to in starkville and he kept saying we got some dogs up in here
1: i do remember that yeah (laughs) Is, is that a thing in starkville we got some dogs up in here i don't know all right, stay tuned. We're wrapping up The Big Show coming up next. Uh, get you ready for jazz pregame, taking over to the top of the 6 o'clock hour. It's uh, The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. In fact, wrapping up, Big Show. We're going to have Jazz Game Night pregame show starting next. Tim Lacombe will be here getting ready for the Jazz and the Knicks. I wish I could share the stories that get told during the breaks around here.
3: I think our listeners would find them most interesting. It'd and by the it. way, Austin, I guess your impersonation is a big hit. People seem to like it.
0: Do, it- do you
3: like it? Oh, I, think, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, if you don't like it, I'll, I no, won't no, do it again. I, I, fine. You know what? I'll never. I'll if, do it. I, I didn't know it hurt your feelings. No, it didn't right. hurt my feelings. Oh, okay.
1: I don't what, are you view getting, it that way. You getting tweets or texts or something? Yeah.
0: People saying that. <laughs>
1: texts?
3: Like uh, tweets or whatever. Yeah.
0: But do you like it? I think it's pretty good. Okay. All right. Yeah. If it's disrespectful, I'll stop.
3: No. No. I'm people never, never stopping. People who, uh, who get offended by people's impersonations, I think, are a little
1: sensitive you're good with it it is good because austin knows you so well for producing your show for so long so so well that's it's, a key pretty
3: good yeah it you got to know material.
1: the material i mean i mean uh, the
3: although material the, the lisa thing is a little you're you're leaning a little heavy on that
0: where's the refrigerator around here <laughs> how do you close the freezer door
1: that is one of your better stories, that Lisa had to come home from an activity to teach but you it how to shut the freezer door. it wasn't work. because the container
3: of peas was in the way. It was more complex than that. And she had been told how to fix it, and I wasn't there for that because I was too busy working.
1: She'd been told how to close the freezer? No, no. there
3: was a trick to it. It was off the track. So why
1: did you open the freezer to begin with? I don't know. I don't remember that part. And she was next door.
0: You had to call it's her to like, come home.
1: <laughs> uh huh. She was next door. But okay. She had to come home. She did. She had to interrupt whatever she was doing. <laughs> Do you think she told her friends like, oh, "I gotta go Probably. home for a minute to help my husband close the freezer"?
3: No, but it was. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I keep telling you, it was a complex process.
0: It couldn't have been. No. You okay. Know, it was the, like
3: a. It was like it was like a. Uh, A locomotive uh, driving right off the track.
1: Uh, And there was a certain thing you had to do in order to. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to tell you this because uh, I'm I'm a friend and I care about you. And (laughs) I I know this, that you're you're going to be on your own for a couple of days coming up at the end of this week. And I can tell you that I'm genuinely worried about you.
3: Well, I appreciate your concern. I am. But, uh, do you need to l- come stay with l- us? Let's just say that I opened the refrigerator door and uh, uh, today, and it was fully loaded <laughs> with all kinds of good food
1: to eat. And, all pre-made, of course. Wait a
3: second. I I was. I went with my wife to do some shopping at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We went up and down darn oh, near. Good every for
1: aisle. you. Sure, you did. I did. Yeah. And have you have you
0: seen grocery stores, Jake? They're amazing. What's in the grocery store? They've got they got all kinds of food. <laughs> it is pretty amazing. No, you if, if they you spend all my money and then I got to I mean,
1: because like honestly, if if your your freezer door doesn't close and Lisa's out of town, what do you do? If you can't find the bread and Lisa's out of town, what do you do? The bread story was from thirty-seven years <laughs> ago. Okay,
0: <laughs> So give that one a rest. You know, when no husbands knew where the bread was. <laughs> what? Where, where's the bread? Do we have bread? <laughs> where do we keep the bread? <laughs> I know we have knives somewhere.
1: You can come stay with me if you need to. I'm just telling you. you oh, can, guys would love that. You can come down the hill and uh, and crash with us if needs be, all right? Yeah, all right. I that may take you up on
3: that <laughs> if the freezer goes off the track. Uh, and for complex problem, the freezer is sort of acting up a little bit with the way it's uh, opening and shutting. You know,
1: heaven forbid, don't go anywhere near the washing machine, that could be a disaster. (laughs) I do my own laundry on occasion. You know what? Let's leave the stove off, let's go microwave only while she's gone. That's probably a good idea. What else, Austin? Uh, I
0: think takeout is the way to Take go out this whole gotta, time. There's uh, door
1: dash and such things. You know, so. you know what? I've, I've got some... <laughs> Let's leave the appliances off. <laughs> I've got some leftover uh, socket plug things from baby proofing the house. Perfect. Yeah, probably. What about the,
0: the door lock ones? Yep, got the, okay, those too. All right. all right. This is ridiculous. The cupboards won't open.
3: <laughs> I won't be home alone, though. There'll be other family members there, so I'll be okay.
1: Lisa, the cupboards won't open.
0: Picks up his phone. Beep, 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 beep. Lisa, the the cupboard won't open, and it's stuck, and I don't know what to do.
1: I'm going to need you to get on a plane. (laughs) Come home. Oh, Gordon, we tease you. I am worried about you, though. I <laughs> don't. Be. I I am uh, slightly concerned, but I'm I'm hope I'm hoping that you'll be able to get through. <laughs> A lot of cheese. A will lot be of cheese. <laughs> Tons of cheese. Nothing but cheese. When you went to the store with Lisa, did you did you swoop through the cheese aisle? Because probably. I, I did pick up some cheese. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. What percentage, while Lisa's out of town, what percentage of Gordon's diet do you think is going to be cheese? Every meal no, will no. have cheese. No, no. No, but are we talking like 70% of his diet? No, no.
0: No. In cartoon world, yeah, for fun, let's say 70 But really, honestly, probably a third. 33% of his, his diet will be cheese.
3: You know what I've been hitting on lately is, and you're going to make fun of this, but uh, that, that microwavable soup, <laughs> that's quick and, and easy.
0: Soup. <laughs> I love soup. Soup and cheese. <laughs> have you have you, have you microwaved soup? Coming up. So, nice. so what you do? You, you get a little can and you, and you open it up and you put it in there. Nope, not too long, not too soon. Also got a lot of vegetables. I like I, I like the like oyster vegetables. crackers and the vegetables. Huh? You're not eating any vegetables. Who are you kidding? Unless I you're like
1: unless you're dipping it in melted cheese. There's. <laughs> the other day I had
0: this melted cheese, Jake. Ooh, I tell you. When I put a I carrot be-
1: in it, I can't
0: believe a you. Carrot. I
1: just don't <laughs> like cheese. How can you not like cheese? It's okay. For the love of man. You just love cheese. You you love cheese more than anybody that I know. No, a lot of people like cheese. I agree, but out of my circle of, of <laughs> social people, people I interact with, you like cheese more than anybody I know. Well, okay, all right. Well, that's no knock on me. No, that's just an anyway. observation. I mean, nobody I know could kill multiple, multiple segments of radio talking about squeaky cheese. Wait a
0: minute.
3: I
1: have not brought up the squeaky cheese in forever. But have you taken up multiple segments of radio over your career, really giving a thorough breakdown of the squeaky cheese? Have you tried the squeaky cheese? See? It is really, really good. Have you tried
0: the squeaky cheese? <laughs> it is really, really
1: good. Uh, Gordon, uh, enjoy the game tonight, my friend. Uh, as always, it's been yeah. fun. Uh, sort of. Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I love cheese.
3: Man, I'll tell you, I love cheese. We all have uh, some sort of weaknesses in our lives, and you give me a bunch of good pieces of cheese, and guess what? I'm going to eat them. I knew that was about the end of it So
2: long, farewell, I'll be just goodnight I hate
1: goodbyes This thing is over That'll do, Pete That'll do